2: And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, the same email address that I've had for 30 years now, exxon at X-Zone radio TV.com on all social media sites, X-Zone radio TV, uh, To find out what's available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, that's the radio part, www. XZBN.net and for the X Zone TV channel on Simultv, TV, visit www.simultv.com, and in the search engine, just type in X Zone. My guest this hour, X O Nation, is uh, Mark Anthony. He's known as the psychic lawyer. Now, Mike is. Um, a fourth-generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. is also a successful attorney, licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Mark graduated from Mercer Law School with honors, which included the study of law at Oxford University in England. He has also studied mediumship in England at the Arthur Findlay College for Advancement of Psychic Science. He is the best-selling author of Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. Mark appears nationwide on TV and radio. He recently appeared on CBS TV's hit series, The Doctors. He is featured speaker at conferences, expos, universities, which include Brown, Columbia, Harvard, and Yale. And in 2019, is on a nationwide tour. Hmm. Shouldn't that be 2020, Mark? Yes, it uh, should. <laughs> ah, I knew you were going to say that, and I'm not the psychic. Welcome back, buddy.
3: Thanks, Rob. It's always great being on the X Zone, and uh, I, I have to compliment uh, you and the entire X Zone team for the success and how the uh, not only the X Zone but the, the TV station is just uh, I mean it's just blossoming. That is fantastic. Good job.
2: Well, thank you very much, and that's because we have guests like you coming on the show, and we've had the opportunity of, of having you on the show many times over the years, and I, I'm very happy to say that you are a good friend not only to myself but to the members of the Exxon Nation. So thank you for all you do, Mark. Oh, um, you. Tell us what it was like growing up psychic. Uh, a couple of our people have asked me to ask you that, so there you go. Let's start off right at the gate.
3: It, it's funny because I can't remember a time when I wasn't mm. and the reason that I say that is both my parents had these abilities and it, it's obviously a genetic trait which runs in my family for generations and so Rob, when I was about three and a half years old, I started having my invisible playmates Mm -hmm. and friends, except for the fact that my parents could see them as well. And so I'll never forget, um, my mom was like, oh my gosh, he's got it. And my dad was like, (laughs) oh my God, he's got it. (laughs) Um, And Mark says, what the hell do I got? (laughs) Well, dad, um, dad was concerned because his family came from Pennsylvania, and they were very conservative Christian. Uh, they were Baptists. Uh, in fact, my great-great-grandfather um, on, on that side of the family was a Baptist minister. Oh. And even though my dad and his sister, his mom, and his maternal grandmother uh, were mediums, it was the type of thing that was very clandestine. I mean, they didn't talk about it in public, and they no. kept it very quiet. Whereas my mom's family, they had emigrated over from Italy. I mean, my mom was born, born here, and her mother was, but her father was from Italy. And, and uh, they, they looked at it very differently. Uh, they looked at it as, as a gift from God, uh, what they call the gift of second sight. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was something that was respected and honored. And, and so when I started having these abilities, my parents were like, Okay, Mark, talk about it to us. Because people outside of the family will not understand, and I, I got that memo pretty quickly. Because you know it's hard enough being a kid, yeah. But when you're a different kind of kid and in a in and in a weird kind of kid, um, <laughs> it's best to keep it keep it at home. And then I also realized that you know not, when I'd go over to my friends' houses, you know their mom and dad weren't talking about spirit communication and premonitions and things like that. So. Uh, I realized at a pretty young age uh, to keep it to keep it, uh, you know, between between myself and the family. Uh, but then as I got older, it, you know, it was kind of um, it was difficult being a teenager when your parents were were psychic mediums because they always knew what I was up to. And and you know, how teenagers are always up to something. It yep. doesn't mean it's like illegal, but, you know, it's part of being a teenager. And, you know, where were you? And I'd say, you know, oh, I was over at David's house. And they're like, oh, no, you weren't. And 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 so uh, that could be rather <laughs> challenging at times, but uh, it, it was it was quite an honor for me to have the parents that I did, and to grow up in an environment where I wasn't uh, made to feel like uh, like an alien or or an outcast because of because of these abilities.
2: Now, Mark, growing up uh, within a spiritual family, growing up as a psychic, growing up with two parents who were psychics, what was the what was the major factor that, instead of becoming a professional psychic, becoming a lawyer?
3: Actually, I wanted to go into the clergy, and uh, mm-hmm. when I was a child, you know, my mother's family was was Catholic, and so uh, it's kind of funny when when my dad uh, asked my grandfather, my mother's father, for permission for her hand in marriage. Cause that's how it was done then. Yeah, You know, you just didn't go marry a nice Italian girl. You had to have the permission. You know, my grandfather was very imposing and he used to sit in this big chair in the living room. <laughs> and my dad said, you know, uh, uh, sir, I, I I very much love your daughter. And, and my, my grandfather really, really liked my dad. I and mean, he treated him like a member of the family already. But right. he, my mom said she was listening through the door and he goes, <laughs> So, what the religion are you? My dad goes, Well, I'm a Baptist. Goes, Baptist. Baptist. Oh
2: my God! You want
3: to marry my genie? You must have become a Catholic, and so, and so my dad. He was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" But the thing is, my dad loved my mom so much. He went through um, the whole, you know, catechism, oh the, uh, the the whole bit. He, he, you know, got first holy communion. He did the confirmation. He loved my mom that much, and oh, mom wow. said it was hilarious because he was always arguing with the priest. So you would have me believe this, and <laughs> and uh, but but the. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, my parents wanted me going to Catholic school uh-huh. because of smaller classes, better education. I was always very studious. I was a good student. And, uh, you, know, with, with, you know, I was always in the, the top you know, five, two to 5% in, in all my classes from grade school all the way into law school. Right. And, um, and I'm glad that they did because of the foundation that I got. And I felt drawn toward the spiritual. But as I started getting older, uh, I saw that there was too many, excuse me, I don't want to insult anybody's religion, Um, too many, in my opinion, ridiculous rules and regulations. Too much dogma. Too much dogma. Um, And I've spent my life studying theology, archaeology, history, Mm -hmm. philosophy, quantum physics. Um, I mean, you can see from my office, you know, I've got... Symbols from um, pretty much all the religions, and I've I've studied Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Native American religions, Taoism, Shintoism, um, pretty much all the isms that I could get my my uh, my my uh, hands on, and I find that there is, there are universal truths which flow through all of them, and I think that when we get to the basis of what all the great spiritual leaders were teaching—it's mm-hmm. all about peace and love and understanding—and that um, the universality of the light, uh, which now we're seeing in quantum physics. Yeah. But like you said, Rob, uh, the dogma—the dogma gets in the way, and then it turns into, "Well, we're right and you're wrong," yeah. and because we're right, you're going to, you know, hell or you know wherever. And and so what happens is religion is supposed to be a peaceful unifying force and instead it's turned into another justification for humans to be divisive and wage war upon each other, which is not what any of the spiritual teachers were were trying to convey to us.
2: Okay, I've got that. Uh, When you were talking about your your dad asking your your grandfather for your mother's hand in marriage, I, I kind of saw Marlon Brando. Sitting oh, in yeah. the chair, you know.
3: <laughs> so, so you you, you want to marry my my daughter? <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I may call upon you to do a favor. Yeah, and it's funny. Because... Well, people are like, so what was your family like? I like, go The Sopranos without the murder and the f word.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, stand by, friend. We've got to take our break here. Exxon Nation, my guest is is not. um It's not The Sopranos. It is certainly not Marlon Brando. You do a pretty good Marlon Brando, but it's Mark Anthony. He is the psychic uh, lawyer. And we're going to be back with Mark on the other side of this break. And for more information about Mark and find out what he's up to these days and where he's going to be and how you can contact him www.evidenceofeternity.com is the website this is the Exxon I am Rob McConnell we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada if you'd like to uh, send an email at exxoneraadiotv.com and don't forget gang I, I don't cover anything I don't cover I don't use chocolate to cover crap you know why? because I'm not Willy Wonka we'll be back on the other side of this break don't go away Welcome back, everyone. Mark Anthony is our special guest. He is the psychic lawyer. His website is evidenceofeternity.com. All right. So you were, you, you were growing up uh, in a family with psychics, and you yourself a psychic. You wanted to be a member of the clergy, but because of the dogma, you kind of said, mm, maybe, maybe not. But you became yeah. a lawyer. What was the transition from, you know, from clergy to lawyer?
3: So lawyer, I yeah, I mean, uh, the joke I like to make is there was too many rules and regulations in clergy, so I ended up going to law school. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, actually, I'm I always liked public speaking. Okay. I like the intellectual approach to problem solving. i mm-hmm. I like to assist people in dire situations. And I felt that law was going to be, going to be the proper venue for me, and, and in many ways uh, it is, and it was, um, and so I decided to do that, and what's funny, Rob, is, you know, people say, well, how can you be a medium and a lawyer, aren't the two diametrically opposed, and I know that we've discussed this before on your show, but, you know, both both professions revolve upon evidence. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as a lawyer, you have to have evidence to, mm-hmm. to substantiate your case, and as a psychic medium, um, I like... To be termed as an evidential science-based medium, because when I do readings for people, I have to bring forth verifiable facts and evidence to uh, guarantee the authenticity of the contact. And then both jobs are about helping people. And even though lawyers have a bad reputation for causing problems and and, you know, generating things. But think about it.
2: But it's not the lawyer that causes the problem. No, it's the exactly. client. Exactly.
3: Thank you for saying that. Yeah. No, people go, you lawyers do this. No, like no, really no, We no, lawyers no. make no, you no. Uh, engage in armed robbery, exactly. drunk driving, beat your wife, yeah. steal money, um, you know, get into a bad contract. Hey, and,
2: Mark, as an ex-cop, you're, you're singing to the choir here, buddy.
3: Yeah, Exactly. You know, people yeah. go, oh, the police are so bad. And it's like when I was a prosecutor, mm-hmm. what I used to do, Rob is i used to go riding with the police uh, at night i wanted yeah. to see what they encountered oh my lord mm-hmm. um you know people say cops have bad attitudes well my god everywhere you go you're in a situation and and you can't afford to have an off day yeah you, you can't afford to oh i got a headache and i because you never know when you're going to get into a gunfight or a situation and then i used to go out with the um the game wardens and so i live in, uh, in florida and we go out on the airboats out on the St. John's River, and that was really cool. But what the game wardens were telling me is their jobs were even more dangerous. That's right. Because everybody they come into contact with when you're out in, the, in a swamp in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere is armed. Yeah. And that's because they're either hunting, which you know, is it, generally okay, or they're Porch. doing something illegal. And the problem is they don't have backup. I mean, what do you say? Okay, um, I'm, I'm, I got shot. I'm wounded, and I'm near that, you know, that palm tree that's kind of crooked near that <laughs> uh, pile of cattails, uh, uh, uh Yeah, you know, so so that that was very very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and I used to go with uh, the SWAT team when they'd go raid, uh, um, you know, drug dealers and stuff. You know, it was kind of like being in an episode of you know, like Law and Order or Miami Vice or you know, whatever. Life PD, you know, those, yeah. Those, those, uh, those shows and uh, because I wanted the experience and I wanted to see how all of it worked and then when I transitioned over to to uh, doing criminal defense work um, I saw you know a completely different view on things and then I got into complex uh, civil litigation so i not tried something like 300 jury trials I mean I I have I'm I have done my time in court and um, it's very rewarding in, in many ways. Uh, it is not an easy job. And, you know, people people tend to put lawyers down. But the thing is, who do they call when they're in trouble?
2: Exactly. And like I said, the lawyer is representing the person who has the problem. So how can it be of the fault of the lawyer, for goodness sake? That has, that has never made sense to me. And, and, you know, we were talking about... You went on ride-alongs. My God, when I was in the police force, you know those flak jackets and the paramilitary outfits they use today?
3: Uh, Oh, yeah.
2: All I had was my shirt. Oh, my God. You didn't have a bulletproof vest. And my territory was 30 square miles, and I was a lone car in that area. My backup at the very closest would be 15 to 20 minutes away. But you know what? It taught me how to use my brains. It yes, taught me it how does. to treat people and
3: your intuition. Oh, and big your intuition. time!
2: Big time.
3: Well, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because people, you know, they say, "Well, how can I become psychic?" And it's like, to an extent, we all are. That is true. And for, and, and for every first responder, mm-hmm. everybody that I know that's in the military, you learn to trust your gut. Yeah. Um, because you develop a sense of situational awareness mm-hmm. where you go into. And it's funny because I always naturally do this. Whenever I go to a restaurant or a place, I never right. sit with my back to the room. I want to see what's going on. And all the cops I know, like friends of mine that are cops who go out for Same dinner, like, well, I want to sit there. I wanna, you know, Because they really want to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I've never been one of these blasé people. Plus, my dad was a Navy SEAL. So learning about, yeah, he was a medium and a Navy SEAL. And he told me that his intuition, um, you know, well, he saved his butt. And that's not yeah. how he put it in, in more than, than one occasion. But and and so people need to focus on being aware of what's going on around them. And then when you're in a situation, you get that gut feeling. Okay, when you get a gut feeling um, in your solar plexus, which is your stomach, that is the solar plexus, Rob, is the second most complex bundle of nerves in your body outside of the cerebral cortex. And that's why people feel it in their gut. Um, women call it their women's intuition, yep. men call it gut instinct, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And this is where, as in psychic work, we receive vibrational impulses of an emotional and of a physical nature. So, when I do readings for people, I normally start picking up on initially how people die through physical sensations and right. things. I start picking up on emotions and feelings, and then it progresses from that into more complex information which arrives into the pineal gland, which is, um, the center of the forehead, about four inches back. And so that is where you start to get the auditory, the visual, and what I call the direct feed, um, the, the, uh, the facts and data.
2: Isn't that also called the third eye?
3: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and and in yoga, this area is the third eye chakra, right. um, as you pointed out. And about four, four maybe five inches behind that, there's a, a gland, which is the size of about a lima bean, and that's the pineal gland. And studies in Europe and in Israel have indicated that the pineal gland has calcite and magnetite crystals in it all right now we know that the first uh radio was a chunk of quartz crystal with copper wire Mm -hmm. okay running low levels of electricity Mm -hmm. into it and we also know that the pineal gland processes uh it, it it controls how we perceive light and so that gets into a whole different discussion about you know when people see the light yes Um, have an encounter with spirits, have an encounter with the divine power we call God, which is perceived as light. Uh, So there's a lot going on in our physiology which enables everyone to have a psychic or mediumistic experience, even if they're not necessarily a psychic or medium.
2: I'll tell you one thing, Mark. My gut feeling, my intuition never let me down. Not once. Uh,
3: it never does. Um, and sometimes when I, I talk to groups, I say, "Show of hands, everyone who has overruled your women's intuition mm-hmm. or male, you know, gut instinct. A, have you been happy that you did, or B, regretted it?" And about ninety nine point nine percent of the hands go up regretting it.
2: Yeah. So, why did you leave being a lawyer?
3: What happened? was my abilities started to intensify Ooh. and my mother passed
2: I'm sorry and
3: yeah and and it, it was it's really the day before she passed I was at my office and uh, she only lived you know my parents only lived about well, maybe five miles from my law office and I was sitting there and all of a sudden I had this I need to call mom and I pick up the phone and go, hey, mom and I was hungry, and I felt like having spaghetti, okay? This is all going through my mind. And mom goes, oh, honey, I made spaghetti. Why don't you come over for lunch? And it's like, okay. And that happened with my mom and I all the time. We, you know, it, it, when your parents are mediums, and you're a medium. And so I went over there, and I had this really great lunch with my parents. And we laughed, and we talked. And mom looked tired, but, you know, I just figured she was okay. And when I left, she, as I was leaving, she said, Mark, I just want you to know that I've always felt so lucky to have you as my son. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, wow. And I hugged her and I kissed her. I go, I love you, Mom. And and, and then the next morning, I was in court and I was uh, doing a hearing. Uh, It was in a criminal court and the judge's assistant came out and said, you know, Mark, we need you in the judge's chambers right now. And I knew something wasn't right, and I went in there, and it was a phone call from my office, and they said, your mother died. I'm oh, like, God. what? You know, and and so after that, things started intensifying, and the pivotal moment, and, and I feel blessed to have recognized this as, as a pivotal moment. I...
2: Mark, take a break. We're going to be back on the other yeah. side of the news. Exonation. Mark Anthony is my special guest. He's also known as the Psychic Lawyer. His website, www.evidenceofeternity.com. Mark and I will be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Exo Mark Anthony is my special guest, the Psychic Lawyer. His website is evidenceofeternity.com. Mark, always great having you on the show, and congratulations on all the great work that you do as a psychic. Later on this uh, this hour, we're going to be talking to you about the uh, 2020 Visionary Tour that you're going to be doing. But let, I, before we went to the break, you, yeah. know, you had brought us, you told us about you were in court, and you were asked to go into the judges' chambers, and... And, and you received the news from your office that your mom had passed away.
3: I I did. Yeah. And, and it was, it was very devastating as, as always the news is because it came right out of the blue Yeah. and, you know, I had that collapsing feeling that you get and it was like in shock and, and it was just absolutely devastating. And so eventually I I got to my parents' Mm -hmm. house. The judge was cool about it. He goes, Mark, go, go, you know, and, uh, uh, it was horrible getting there, seeing my dad in such agony because they had been married for decades, and and then you know my brother showed up, and then my sister and uh, some some close personal friends, and and then things started going off the scale with me. I mean, I'd always been able to perceive spirits, and mm-hmm. I'd always had this ability, and it was about two weeks after my mother passed. Right. Um, I actually had to pick up her ashes, okay? So, you know, it, it was hard enough as it is, and, you know, they, they gave them to me in this urn, and the urn was in this box, and I put it in the uh, the back seat, you know, behind behind the driver's seat, you know, right. for me. And something told me to pull over. So I pulled into this parking lot, and I sat there, and all of a sudden this flash went off, like inside of my head, but I, I, I looked uh, to the left into the passenger seat, And I saw the silhouette of my mother in this silver white light. I mean, Rob, it was like one of those, you know, Moses on Mount Sinai uh, moments. And she spoke directly to me and she said, Mark, you have been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief. But now you must help those who are suffering with their grief. And then it's like I came out of it and I was like, oh, and Rob, you know, we we think that we have a certain amount of control over our lives, do we? Or are, are things preordained? Because from that day onward, all of a sudden I was catapulted out of the practice of law into doing this and I never once looked back. And, but I also realized that my background in the law has given me credibility, a foundation in science and in physics, and the ability to explain what I do to people who believe and in, in people who are, may not necessarily believe, but at least will, will be open-minded. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't thank God for being able to do what I do.
2: Mark, do you think that with your mother's passing that you inherited her her gift to, to strengthen yours?
3: You know, that's a very interesting question. Actually, nobody's ever asked me that before, uh, Rob, so kudos. Um, yes, and they actually do things, when I say they, in, in the new book, uh, well, actually in, in my book, Evidence of Eternity, but in the new one that I've, I've just finished, uh, um, the manuscript, um, I talk about the collective consciousness. We are all cells in the body of God. In other right. words, when you die, um, your soul, which is housed in the brain, leaves you. leaves your brain and plunges into this like cosmic Internet, or you can say it's like a drop of water that plunges into an eternal ocean. Mm -hmm. And so spirits being pure energy, pure quantum electromagnetic energy, are linked to other spirits that are linked to other spirits so are linked to this vast, vast uh, intelligence. And there have been a number of periods in my life where, okay, I have um, an ability, and then something happens, like with my mom, and then something happens again where they kick me up, kick me up, kick me up. And as with any skill, um, the more you work with it, it begins to shift and change and flourish. But I've also seen how there's the direct intervention of the collective consciousness, which will refine and accelerate abilities at at various times. So this is certainly um, that part of it. And, And I welcome it. And I look at the collective consciousness. Uh, You can call it God. Um, I certainly believe the collective consciousness is part of the divine intelligence and energy that we call God, and I believe that uh, this is all part of something which is much larger than me. I do not get impressed with myself. I look at myself merely as the custodian of this ability, and I have to use it in, in, in service of humanity. And so that, in my opinion, is the way that these abilities must be, must be viewed.
2: I guess for some of our listeners, the best way that I would like to ex- try to explain it to them, Mark, is that uh, Star Trek, the new generation, the Borg, the collective.
3: You know, um, yes, um. Uh, that 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 makes a lot of sense um, in in uh, Star Trek. I mean, I, I certainly am, am a huge fan of uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and and science fiction. The Borg were this race that used to assimilate other races, and then they had this collective hive mind. Right. The difference between the collective consciousness and the Borg, the Borg annihilates the individuality. What what the Borg does in in science fiction terms. Is absorbs technology and information at the cost of individuality. Whereas with the collective consciousness, the gift that God gives to all of us is our individuality. And so we are part of the collective and able to draw upon this vast database, but are able to disconnect from it in order to do whatever it is that that spirits do. Uh, A large part of that is to communicate with us and to convey information to us from the other side of a healing nature or of a scientific nature. And we talked to a lot of the the great luminaries throughout history, and they believed that there was something much greater than them at play. Um, You know, Albert Einstein said that religion without science is blind and science without religion is lame. Uh, so when you get somebody on the level of an Albert Einstein saying these things, also Dr. Michio Kaku, the, uh, one of the originators of string theory, he said recent, in a recent interview in the past couple of years that eternal life doesn't violate the laws of physics. So what we're seeing now is a bridge between what people of faith have been mm-hmm. saying for centuries and developments in quantum physics. So the polarization between the scientific camp and the spiritual camp which, since the time of Sir Isaac Newton, uh, has been pretty, you know, pretty entrenched, is now beginning to blur, and I think this is a very positive thing.
2: So, are we seeing the the marriage between the world of psychic phenomena, phenomena and the scientific community and religion, all pulling together, pooling all the information that they have together, in order to once and for all bring forward the the, the proof that they are three separate disciplines, yet they are all part of the same discipline.
3: Yes, certainly in the the circles uh, that 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 I move on in, in the metaphysical world, um, I, you know there are scientists. Uh, I've been a keynote speaker at the International Association of Near Death Studies on several occasions, uh, Afterlife Research uh, Institute. The Veil Symposium and, and several other other places, because there's a whole new breed of quantum physicists who are now beginning to say that well maybe some of these ideas about eternal life mm-hmm. are not only possible but very logical as well. Where we have the problems are the people that are entrenched in dogma and want to yank quotes out of you know Leviticus and sure. Deuteronomy and other books throughout of the Bible, mediums are not of God, and you're evil, and this and that, and they seem to gloss over the passages, um, actually, in Deuteronomy, in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 4 through 12, which talk about gifts from God that incorporate discernment of spirits and prophecy. (laughs) So, you know, it simply depends where you look. And, you know, with all due respect to to, uh, peoples and their beliefs, I don't think that we should anchor our understanding of the divine power that we call God into things written by men for men in the Bronze and the Iron Age.
2: But don't forget, Mark, these are the same people who blame the lawyers instead of taking responsibility themselves for the actions that require them to, you know, use the services of a lawyer. So there you go. You know,
3: it, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, being living in Florida, there's a lot of conservative people here. And I used to be more politically involved. Now I stay strictly neutral. I don't even render opinions on it. <laughs> and people, oh, your lawyers are evil. And they're all <laughs> those you know evangelical right wings. And yeah. boy, then their kid would get arrested for drunk driving. And they're in my office right away. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yes. you know.
2: All right, my friend, take uh, stand by you and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. our guest is Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. For more information about Mark, visit his website, evidenceofeternity.com. Now, when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to be talking to Mark about his uh, 2020 Visionary Tour. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exome Broadcast Network, Talkstar. Let me see. Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and on Simul TV. Don't go away. I guess this hour, the Psychic Lawyer, Mark Anthony, his website is www.evidenceofeternity.com. Mark, tell us about your 2020 Visionary Tour.
3: Uh, the 2020 Visionary Tour is taking me across the country. I just returned from a week in Houston, Texas. Uh, love Texas. Uh, uh, wonderful people. Great reception. This week I will be in South Florida at the uh, United Metaphysical Church of the Palm Beaches on Saturday, March 7th at 7 p.m. for an evening of spirit communication where I'll be connecting audience members with loved ones in spirit. My next stop on March 21st will be in Burbank, California at the Marriott Los Angeles Burbank Airport where I, we're going to be having not only an evening of spirit communication, but a red carpet event. I mean, this is a, a real big deal that, that's going on. And so once again, I'll be connecting uh, audience members with loved ones in spirit. Then I'll be back to Florida right. on March 28th at uh, Aquarian Dreams in Melbourne, Florida. But then in April, I will be speaking. I'll be the keynote speaker at Helping Parents Heal Annual conference in Charleston, South Carolina, and that's going to be in mid-April. Those are just a few of the locations that I'm going to be on. There's, there's many more uh, spanning the country. And Helping Parents Heal is a wonderful organization for people who've lost a child. Uh, it is the most devastating and crushing event that can happen to anybody. So it is a great honor for them to invite me to to speak. And I'll be giving a presentation, The Healing Power of Spirit Communication, where I'll be explaining the science and the practicality of how to approach um, a reading. But um, don't expect algebra on stage. I definitely want to make it um, educational and entertaining. We call it edutainment. Uh, to keep people interested and uh, to help them through the most difficult ordeal of their lives. So the 2020 Visionary Tour is going to be basically from Florida to Seattle, Washington, um, and many points in between. Um, I'll be doing television appearances, radio like, like the Exxon, uh, and uh, other, other shows and public events. So, Rob, I appreciate you asking about that. And for people who want to find out about the events... Please go to my website, which is evidenceofeternity.com, just like my book, Evidence of Eternity, and kindly sign up for the newsletter. It only takes a few seconds. And this will keep you up to date on where I'm going to be on the 2020 Visionary Tour.
2: And once again, explanation, uh, evening of Spirit Communication, Saturday, March the 7th at 7 p.m. at the United Metaphysical Church of the Palm Beaches. That's located at 917 North Dixie Highway, Lake, uh, Lake Worth, Florida. And then uh, evening of spirit communication, Saturday, March twenty-first at seven p.m. at the Marriott Los Angeles Burbank Airport, twenty-five hundred West Hollywood Way in Burbank, California. Once again, all the information about the Visionary Twenty Twenty tour is available at www.evidenceofeternity.com. Mark, I, 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 I imagine that communicating with spirit and and you know. Bringing the, the memories and the feelings, the emotions that are shared between spirit and the, and the person on this side of the veil it, it is hard on you, but I can't imagine how hard it is for you when it comes to a child.
3: Yeah, it, it, it really it, it it's it's painful to see what what the parent is going through, Yeah. but it also is very, very healing when I'm able to facilitate the communication and it touches the heartstrings of the parent. And like, like an attorney, like a doctor, like any professional, I must be sympathetic but not become empathetic or yeah. I'm getting caught up in the emotions of the client. And the reason for then that is that I'm not doing my job. In other words, I have to maintain my professional objectivity so that I can transmit the information that is being conveyed to me, uh, to the client. And my job is to get them as much information as possible. And so, yes, it can be very heart wrenching at times to, to do this work, but it is also very, very rewarding. What people also have to realize is, you know, because I get emails from people all the time, can you ask so-and-so a question? Can you just do this? Can you, No, this isn't texting or instant messaging. Okay, I just don't dial up the other side. I need a connection with the person. And then people start complaining, well, how dare you charge money? And it's like, well, I don't live under a bridge. I have a staff that I have to pay. I have, you know, uh, the trips and, and a mortgage and all this, you know. So, yes, I have to charge for my time because if i wasn't doing that then i'd have to do something else to feed my family and you don't and want to be a lawyer be, anymore yeah be able to do it at all
2: at any time when you've been communicating between the other side and this side has there ever been a manifestation of the person on the other side
3: you mean as uh, like an ectoplasmic
2: projection, or, or or the or the vision of a spirit, or?
3: Well, I mean, I, I see them in my mind's eye. But no, but as I far mean, as them materializing, yeah. I actually had a client. It was during a phone reading, and she started going, "Oh my God! There's like this cloud forming right near me." And the way she was describing it, it sounded like an ectoplasmic projection, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but I wasn't able to observe that directly. So I can't say that that is what happened. But there have been a lot of odd things um, when I've been doing uh, readings where all of a sudden the you know, lights go out or, or things uh, start to flicker or um, something like falls off a table. I mean, so things like that do happen because spirits are pure energy. And they can influence electrical fields around them. And I've seen some spe- skeptics go, well, why don't they levitate this? And it's like, well, because this isn't a parlor trick, and that's right. not what they do. Um, and trust me, if, if they could, they probably would take something and throw it at that person. But <laughs> that, that's not what, what this is about. This is about frequency. Um, And what I'm doing is basically I'm acting as as the medium, as a radio, as the medium between this side and the other Mm -hmm. side, and they're conveying impulses of electromagnetic energy into my brain that contain intelligent concepts, which my brain converts into recognizable symbols and data based on my memories, feelings, and cultural associations. So it isn't about you know being Harry Potter, learn loveios or whatever the you know and the, yeah. the levitation. This is about communication, not about some type of um, sideshow. It's like you know um, I've been to events where the so-called physical mediums make people sit in the dark and they blast loud rock and roll in between. Whatever spirit they say is coming in and and the reason they're blasting loud rock and roll is oh because of the frequency what it's doing is it's covering up the sound of the people with the night vision goggles that are moving things around in the room um, and and giving the illusion that this is somehow a genuine spirit communication when in fact it is nothing more than a leftover of Victorian era hucksterism and that's the problem is mediumship the history of mediumship is fraught with fraud because there are people who do these ridiculous antics and pass it off as mediumship. Mediumship is substantiated by objectively verifiable evidence transmitted from a spirit or spirits through me to the recipient, and for God's sakes, turn on the light. Okay, this is not some clandestine seance darkness thing. Jesus worked in the light, Buddha worked in the light, Krishna worked in the light, Gandhi worked in the light, St. Francis of Sisi worked in the light, Mother Teresa worked in the light. I mean, turn on the lights. If somebody wants you to sit in total darkness and hear slurping sounds, of the ectoplasm, then you are wasting your time and money.
2: Well said. Um, what ha- would happen if, let's say, somebody came to you and they wanted you to communicate with a party on the other side. But this party had been reincarnated.
3: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I, I address this in evidence of eternity. And it would take probably longer than we have to explain. But our spirit, okay, um, the electromagnetic field in our brain, which mm-hmm. you called know, consciousness or soul, is multidimensional in that Not only is it residing in our brain, but it's also as energy connected to the collective consciousness. And so you can call it your higher self if you'd like. So let's say um, you want to talk to somebody who's reincarnated and we can communicate with them because the higher self, the collective consciousness, retains the memories and the personality of prior incarnations. So So I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version of that.
2: Well, I'm glad you did because we're nearly out of time. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show tonight. Always a great pleasure speaking with you. And I wish you well in your travels, my friend. And uh, we'll put all the information up on our site about your 2020 Vision Tour as well. Until the the next time we meet, take care of yourself. And uh, thanks for everything you do.
3: Thank you. God bless you. And all the listeners,
2: hang loose. All right. Exo Nation, my guest this hour the psychic lawyer himself, Mark Anthony. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking uh, and putting up all the information about Mark's 2020 visionary tour on the uh, website. Once again, www.evidenceofeternity.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the x continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.